Good morning, and peace be with you. I have a couple announcements before the other announcements come, and Roger comes in and gives them. Um, we uh, have been blessed by the appointment of two of our uh, men into positions of council. Last Saturday, um, the council elected uh, Ed for president and Bob for vice president of our council. So I just wanted to recognize these men. Thank you both. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Bob, for taking up uh, this uh, important position. So I'm sorry. I heard something, but I didn't hear it. Okay, well, you have to tell me afterwards because I can't hear a thing. But um, anyhow, so thank you for that. And then um, also you'll notice that, um, well, first of all, I owe you an apology. Um, I understand it was very cold outside last week at Fellowship, and that is my fault. I'm the one that um, set up out there. And so um, this week we have choices. I mean, who doesn't like choices? So we have it set up outside. So it was a little warmer this morning. And then we also have uh, the choice to have use the TV trays and chairs inside the lobby area there, um, if you'd like to do that. So um, that's what we uh, need to work with, uh, with the situation that we're in and, and uh, uh, the other uh, sister church using the fellowship hall for their classrooms and all those kind of things. So just to let you know, but last week's on me. I'm the one that, that set it up there. So um, uh, Tracy will be outside taking complaints uh, after the service. And, oh, she says no. She's got a few herself. So anyway, um, but thank you, and so God bless you. And Roger, will you help us out here? Good morning, Reformation. Well, that was a nice good morning. Everybody's awake, I guess. Great. Okay, if you want to take your insert in your bulletin out, kind of look at it as we go along together here. This month's uh, mission is Robin's Nest, and that's for homeless and at-risk students ages 14 to 24. And that's for uh, Newport Beach and Huntington, I guess. As a side note to that, there's also a very nice youth shelter near the main library in Huntington Beach. So if you know anybody in need, you can pass that on to them as well. Tuesday is Sit and Be Fit at 10 o'clock. And then uh, pastor leads uh, the lunch and Bible study at noon, also on Tuesday. Saturday, of course, is men's Bible study at 8 o'clock. And this week we were blessed by Mike joining us. So if you're thinking about joining us but you're not sure, talk to Mike. And he can either tell you, no, don't do that, or yes, go ahead and join. I think we had a great time. This month, uh, we have birthdays for Nancy and Luann. And 
Yeah. Hey, no problem. Happy birthday. <laughs> okay, um, we have a council meeting that only affects some of you this coming Saturday at 9.30. And please consider uh, send, giving a call or sending a note to our homebound uh, members. And if you go into the main bulletin itself on page 5, on the very bottom, you'll notice there's a new area now to give praise to God. And Nashley and Marlis and Eldred have left some very nice sentiments there. So check that out. Okay. Also, we'd like to give thanks to Nick and Diane for the wonderful music they provide during service. And I think that pretty much follows us. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you, Roger. And again, I'd like to recognize Diane uh, being here again today, leaving us, leaving us, leading us in uh, worship. And um, we also have uh, uh, changed things up a little bit on the back uh, page, on page seven. We've got a little more contemporary song. So uh, our opening hymn is on page 98 of the Green Worship Book, and it is Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed. Let us sing as unto the Lord.
stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, 
and peace to his people on earth. Let us pray. Oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil, evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, Reformation. We're first reading. Actually, the, all the readings that I'll be doing, the scripture readings, are going to talk a lot about things that went on between God and Abram. Our first reading is in Genesis, the beginning of the book, chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 9, found on page 17 in the Pew Bible, if you'd like to follow. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This took place, by the way, I forgot to mention it, after Babel and the, the things that happened with Babel, the confusion. That's when God Ab talked to Abraham and said he wants him to leave his settled world and begin a pilgrimage with God to a world of God's making. So I apologize. Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth 
will be blessed through you. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sari, and his nephew, Lot. All the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. As they arrived there, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went to the, toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and A on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued toward Negev. Please join me in the reading of Psalm 121, which is a responsive reading found on your bulletin on page six. Psalm 121. This uh, is interesting because what I was reading about it before, I'm gonna read it with you together, is a dialogue of confession and assurance that has been used as a pilgrimage song that had been used by many travelers and caravans as they went to Jerusalem. Verse one, I lift my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He will not let our foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. Our next reading will be in the book of Romans chapter four, one through eight, and then we move over to 13 through 17. This is, can be found on your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow, on page 1751. In this situation uh, shows that Abraham was justified by faith and not by works of the law. Abraham is promised by God, offspring like the dust of the earth. This offspring be so many that he, they would also inherit the whole earth, his offspring. Four, what then shall we say? That Abraham, our forefather, according to flesh, discovered in this matter, if in fact 
Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteous. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but an obligation. However, to one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. 13. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is by St. John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, and can be found on page 1649 of your pew Bible. John records, Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night, and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. 
Well, Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This is the second Sunday of Lent. It's a season of reflection and repentance. Um, typically, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a dark season, you know. Uh, we are uh, reflecting on uh, that which uh, we have done and that which our Lord has died on that cross. And you'll uh, have heard it, read it in the uh, sermon this morning. Um, that was a plea and a, and a recognition of, of Christ's work on the cross. And it was an I that I put him there. And, and so that is going to be the theme. The music's going to be um, a little bit dark. It's going to be a, a little bit slower. Um, we will throw in some, some worshipful music in there to pep things up. But this is a season where we are to be reflective. So let me start with this. Um, just a little factoid here, because um, they get a bad rap, but did you know not all of the Pharisees were jerks? They weren't. Um, there were honest Pharisees. In fact, Nicodemus was one of them. And he had heard about this young rabbi from Galilee. 
and he had a, a genuine curiosity. He really wanted to understand this young rabbi's teachings. So he looked Jesus up the next time Jesus was in town, when Jesus was in Jerusalem. And Jesus was in town for the Passover. And as was his custom when he was in Jerusalem, he camped out on the Mount of Olives during the night. And a lot of people camped around the city during those crowded festivals. So one night, as we read, Nicodemus took advantage of the situation, the darkness, knowing where Jesus would be, and he came to visit with him. And Nicodemus came to Jesus with a great deal of respect. He wasn't quite ready to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He was ready to admit that he might be a great prophet. And even as a prophet, Jesus' words would be God's words. And as the Holy Spirit inspired John to record this conversation, we have the opportunity to learn about the work that each member of the Trinity, that each member of the Trinity has in our salvation. You see, the Father loves. The Father loves and sends his Son. The Son saves the world and offers forgiveness, life, and salvation to all. And the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit establishes and maintains the faith that receives and holds the gifts that the Son offers to us. The Holy Spirit delivers these gifts through the Word of God. And as we hear it, and as we read it, as it comes to us in the water of baptism— and as it comes to us in Christ's very body and blood, as we eat the bread and drink the wine of the Holy Supper. Now, as Jesus began answering Nicodemus' questions, he actually worked his way from the end of the process of salvation back to the beginning. He began with the Holy Spirit's activity of establishing faith in us. And we call this process conversion. The Holy Spirit converts people from spiritual death to spiritual life. Jesus said this process of conversion is a spiritual birth. And after Nicodemus introduced himself, Jesus replied, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And again, later, after Nicodemus asked for more explanation, Jesus started over, and he added more details this time. That's when he answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. 
The spiritual birth of conversion is a lot like physical birth. You can ask any mother or anyone who has assisted or witnessed the birth of a baby. You can ask him this, who does all the work? You can say it, who does all the work? The mother! You're darn right. The baby endures quite a bit as he or she travels through the birth canal, but the baby does not provide the work. The work comes from mom, and the baby experiences the work. He experiences the work, but he provides none of it. It is the mom who does the work giving birth. The baby passively experiences the birth. Things are the same in the spiritual birth of conversion. Although a great deal is happening to us during this life-changing process, we do absolutely nothing to make it happen. We do not decide to follow Jesus. We do not give ourselves to God. Just as mom does all the work of physical birth, so God does all the work of spiritual birth. We do nothing. So when Jesus answered, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, he was telling Nicodemus and us that just as mom brings Junior into the physical world with a physical birth, so also the Holy Spirit brings the Christian into the spiritual world with a spiritual birth. So then, this faith, this new birth, is the new spiritual life, this new spiritual life, it is a gift and a work of the Holy Spirit. It is a miracle that God works in us. That is the reason that we can baptize anyone, and especially babies. In fact, if you think about it, the miracle might be a greater, the miracle in baptism may be greater in adults since the Holy Spirit must work to undo a lifetime of false belief before he can work the true faith in them. A baby, on the other hand, is a blank slate, much less likely to put up a, a fight. Faith, faith is always a miracle of the Holy Spirit. But I wonder, actually I think, that this miracle might be a little greater when it comes to spiritual birth of an adult. So faith, a miracle of the Holy Spirit, what are its benefits? Why? Why does God go through all the effort to produce a faith in us? Well, this faith 
receives the work that God does for us. And here Jesus talks about himself, for he is the one who earned the benefits of faith for us. Jesus often called himself the Son of Man. And he said, he had this to say about that, that the Son of Man, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And the first thing he told Nicodemus about himself was that he had descended from heaven. It's a very clear indication that the Son of Man is also the Son of God. When Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he talked about himself, for he is truly God. And the first benefit that Jesus revealed to Nicodemus was the knowledge that Jesus is both God and man. In fact, he is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near. Now the benefit of conversion becomes even clearer when Jesus moved on to tell of the work that he would do as God and man. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And here is the chief benefit. The chief benefit of faith that the Holy Spirit works in us through conversion. That chief benefit is eternal life. Whoever believes has eternal life. And so what do we believe? What do we believe? Well, we believe that Jesus was lifted up on the cross, just as Moses lifted up the, silver, the serpent in the wilderness. We believe that by his suffering and death, Jesus won eternal life for us. We believe that he offers it as a gift to us. We receive that gift by faith. And that gift that the Holy Spirit works in us by the new spiritual birth. Here, Jesus tells Nicodemus that only faith in him can save Nicodemus can try to keep all of the laws of Moses until he perishes from the effort. And the truth is, it will do him no good as far as a eternal life is concerned because it is the same for us. And that, that is this, that God's only standard is perfection. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you. It only takes one sin to doom us. Only one sin to doom us forever. And even so, we sin every day. And we cannot save ourselves. And what a marvelous salvation and comfort it is that whoever believes in Jesus Christ receives all the benefits that Jesus earned for us 
on that cross. Those benefits, again, are forgiveness, life, and salvation. So where is the Father in all of this? Well, the Father, he's the one who loves, the one who gives, and the one who sends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here's the work of the Father. He loves us, and he sacrifices his only begotten Son to die for us. And we cannot understand this kind of love. After all, we are the greatest corrupting influence in all of creation. We are entirely unlovable. And despite this fact, the truth is, God loves us. His love forced him to act on our behalf. In his love, he sent Jesus into this world to become our substitute. He sent his son into the world to be lifted up on the cross in order that the world may be saved through him. In this conversation, Jesus gave Nicodemus a whole lot to think about more than we have time to consider today. He explained that in this new birth by the Holy Spirit that gives us the gifts of forgiveness, the gift of life, and the gift of salvation that the Son earned for us on the cross, he, he proclaimed the Father's love that he sacrificed his only begotten Son for us. And it is with these words that Jesus explained that the kingdom of God does not come to Nicodemus because he is a decent or rather a descendant of Abraham, but because the Holy Spirit gives him the faith that Abraham had. As Ed had written, Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. The Holy Spirit used Jesus' words as he always does, he overcame the pride of Nicodemus. He softened Nicodemus' heart. And eventually Nicodemus, eventually he did experience the new birth as the Holy Spirit established faith in him. Well, how do you know that? Well, Nicodemus proclaimed his faith with his actions. After Jesus died on the cross, recorded in John 19, verses 38 through 42, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. And then we read, 
Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. And so they took the body of Jesus and they bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in that garden, a new tomb in which no one had been laid. So, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Listen, Nicodemus helped Joseph of Arimathea place Jesus' body in the tomb. And imagine what joy it must have been when Nicodemus learned that the body that he laid in Joseph's tomb was no longer there. That his Savior, Jesus Christ, had risen from the dead. What a joy it is for Nicodemus that he will forever enjoy the kingdom of God that he received through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. What a joy it is for us to have the Holy Spirit's gift of the new birth that the day will come when we shall join Nicodemus when we shall join Nicodemus around the throne of God in the eternal joy of everlasting life. In the name of Jesus, amen.
you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and for all people according to their needs. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus to praise you and thank you for your loving care over our lives. Thank you for always being with us, for never leaving us or forsaking us. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for saving us. We surrender our lives to you and ask that you fill our hearts up with your presence now and bless us and strengthen us to do all that you've called us to do. And we pray that all that we do, think, and say would bring you glory and honor. Dear Lord, we pray that the desires of our hearts would be to obey you. Help us be a light in this dark world. Help us to have compassion for one another, to be tender-hearted and loving. Help us not return evil for evil, but instead seek peace. Jesus, help us stay rooted in you, your word, and your promises, even when we don't understand and despite the storms that we face. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would watch over those who are sick, those in pain, those who are aging, those with memory loss, and we ask for your healing to touch their lives. 
Father, we lift up those who are homeless, cold, and hungry, and ask that you would provide hope, shelter, and jobs to those who are lost and displaced. Father, we lift up those who struggle with addictions, those in fear, those who are abused, and ask that you intervene by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you would be with all world leaders and reveal your word, truth, will, and grant them wisdom. Lord, we lift up our unsaved loved ones to you and ask that you would send Christians across their paths that they would listen to. We ask that you would soften their hearts and stir their faith to know your saving grace. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would protect the sanctity of marriage the way you created it to be. We pray that you would protect the lives of babies in the womb and children who are being taught things contrary to your word and truth. Lord, we pray that you would protect all missionaries and those who are persecuted for their faith in you. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen all Christian healthcare workers and teachers to confidently serve you in their professions. Father, we pray that you would protect our food and water. Father, we lift up those who mourn the loss of their loved ones and ask that you send your comfort now. Jesus, you told us that we should cast all of our anxieties, cares, and burdens onto you because you care for us. Help us remember that you are always with us. We pray that you would expose the lies of the enemy so that none of us would be deceived. Let the power of your truth be more real to us than what the world says. We pray, Lord, that you would cast out fear, anxiety, and anger and replace it with your peace that transcends all understanding. We thank you, Lord. We worship you and we praise you for all that you've done for us. And we love you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you all pray with me? 
Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the paschal feasts. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So we receive his body broken. We receive his blood shed for us to rescue us from sin, death, and the devil. We receive it passively as if somebody who is hungry, a beggar, if you will, who's been given free food, we hold out our hands in faith 
that he will deliver us from sin, death, and the devil. We hold out our, faith, our hands in faith knowing that he is fully God and fully man. We hold out our hands in faith, faith that is a gift, that he will make good on his promises, and that is to never leave us nor forsake us. If he is, through faith, by faith, hearing the word, your Lord and Savior, then come, the table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward.
sustaining you, giving you faith through the Holy Spirit again so that nobody can brag. May it also cover you in his praise and keep you in his peace. He chose us before we chose him. 
He is the author and perfecter of our faith, our faith which is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We have a loving father. We have a loving brother. We have a loving counselor. May this knowledge keep you at peace and joy as you meditate on that through the week. Of what it cost for you to be called the children of God. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending song is, How Great is Our God, on page 7 of the bulletin. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. 